For tonight's episode, we'll be returning to Kevin Smith's catalog. Sweet. Are we doing Chase and Amy? Nah, that was actually wildly successful. Oh, so we're doing Dogma then. Sorry, that one made money too. And it is literally impossible to find now. It's out of print due to being owned exclusively by the Weinsteins. Gross. And it's not streaming anywhere, which is tragic. R.I.P. Alan Rickman. So for this episode, we're covering the only Kevin Smith movie that he directed but didn't write, 2010's Cop Out, the absolute stinker of a buddy cop movie starring Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. If you thought Bruno seemed distant and disinterested in A Good Day to Die Hard, oh boy, are you in for a treat. Pops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the 121st episode of Pops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. We are the Google Nets premier podcast dedicated to bad movies and good beers. For tonight's pod, we're covering the second entry in our Hops and Bruno Flop series. This episode, we'll be talking Kevin Smith's soul-crushingly bad cop-out. I, Chumpzilla, will be hosting tonight, and I have to get this out of the way now. I did not pick this movie, and I take no responsibility for the pain and mental anguish any of my co-hosts suffered as a result of viewing this movie, you two listeners. I wanted to do Hudson Hawk, but somehow I ended up with this turd. Joining me tonight is the newly crowned king of New York's Latino drug gangs, El Majo Astronador. That's Puerto Rican for Penguin, uh, and I'm the Thunder's Wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, something like that. And as always, our resident baseball card and sports memorabilia expert, um, Captain Cash. I mean, it's not baseball cards. And honestly, this is my fault because I, I got Hudson Hawk because I'm, I'm actually a big fan of that movie. You so, son of a bitch. yeah, no, uh, I'm at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Please don't at me about this ever. I fucking hate this movie. Mm, mm, that's pretty fair and uh, you can find me talking parkour and nanny cam tips on twitter at chumpzilla8 and as always you can find the pod on twitter facebook and instagram at hops and bo flops and you can get the pod anywhere you can get your hands on the finest podcast and don't forget to check out wobam entertainment at w-o-b-a-m-e-n-t on twitter and instagram for all your tracy morgan centric entertainment content needs which should Oof. begin and end with 30 Rock. Well, SNL. SNL, yeah, sure. Hey, he had the show on FX. I think that was pretty good. The OG or something like that. Okay, but definitely not this. Not this. Yeah, not this. Although he is the high point of this movie. He is the highlight. Um, if there's a reason to see this movie, which there really isn't one, he would probably be it, I guess, kind of, sort of. Sean William Scott, maybe. Uh, if you like Rashida Jones, uh, whatever. Um That brings us to beer, which you will need for this movie. For tonight's pod, I have selected a New uh, York-centric beer because this is a movie about New York cops. So I've got Brooklyn 
Uh, summer Ale. It is a sunny pale ale. It checks in at a 5.0 ABV. It's light. It's floral. It's very drinkable. Um, it's not Captain Cash approved at that 5.0. And frankly, that means it's probably not strong enough to make this movie watchable. But you know what? I'm going to have one right now. Now, what I would like to say, no, it is not Captain Cash approved at such a low ABV. But I don't feel like you can hold the beer against it that it's not strong enough for this movie. But yet again, I do not drink Brooklyn beer because it is on my list of short breweries that if I drink this beer, I will have a hangover. This flying dog and old Rasputin hangover in a can. No, thank yeah. you. It's a, uh, it's a little sour um, for my taste. Uh, it tastes like a watered down IPA, not as refreshing as I would like for a quote unquote summer ale. Um, yeah, it just kind of tastes like a watered down IPA. So uh, I'm going to give this one bad movie. I don't think I could sit through more than one on this guy. I'll yeah, definitely switch to something bad. better. It could be worse. Uh, it's yeah. better than this movie, so I'll give it that. That's kind of like wet or that's kind of like drier than the ocean, right? Like literally anything. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a fan of this brewery either, but it was the only New York centric beer I could find, so I'll, I'll take yeah. it. Fair. And hey, we're we're at the tail end of summer too, so I felt it appropriate. But yeah, one one bad movie for the Brooklyn Summer Ale. All right, that brings us to the tale of the tape. Cop Out was Kevin Smith's follow-up to Zack and Mary Make a Porno. It was released in February of 2010. It opened number two behind Shutter Island in its second week. Uh, it was rated R and has a runtime of 147 minutes. And Cop Out remains Smith's top grossing film. That's kind of strange, not going to lie. Because it pulled in a box office total worldwide of 55.6 million, with all but 10.7 million of that coming from the North American market. And the budget was reportedly as high as 37 million. And the movie was heavily marketed during the 2010 Winter Games. So this was a total flop. Um, I'm going to guess that this movie needed to hit about 90 million just to break even. So you know, the behind the scenes drama which is somewhat well-documented, basically involved Kevin Smith not getting along with Bruce Willis. Um, he was smoking a ton of pot after hanging out with uh, Seth Rogen on Zack and Mary, and Bruce Willis was just being Bruce Willis. They didn't get along. There wasn't a lot of vision for this movie. Tracy Morgan and Sean William Scott allegedly improv almost all their lines. And it just seems like Kevin Smith just didn't give a shit. He just shot whatever. And he's just like, do, do your thing, guys. Like, Yeah, so here's what I'd say. I, I do think it is a balance between we've hit the level where Bruce Willis does not give a fuck. Like, this is peak. Oh, hey, is it uh, 2010? Yeah, no, I'm checked out. You want me to competently repeat the lines? okay but that's all you're getting out of me bruce willis and then you have kevin smith who god love him kind of is like adam sandler in that he only does movies with his buddies and so now yes. has got this big name star who undoubtedly like everybody else of our generation and the generation before us which was more or less kevin smith right as obsessed yeah. with die hard and bruce willis and oh my god did you see you know all the cool stuff he's in and that combination where 
it, it just doesn't seem like Kevin got the best out of him though. I mean, that said, he does in a handful of speaking tours he's done has talked about cop out and what he asked of Bruce Willis. And apparently Bruce was willing to do it, but not without giving Kevin a ton of shit about it. Like good naturedly, I think, but still. Yeah. I think the biggest mistake Kevin Smith made was that he basically fanboyed and geeked out over Bruce Willis, like early in production. And Bruce Willis instantly knew this guy basically had no juice with him he's like i could do whatever with this guy because he thinks i'm awesome um yeah to your point this is one of the few movies that one you know kevin smith didn't write it's the only one he didn't write he's directed and for whatever reason i feel like he didn't do enough to this script he should have punched it up because he's pretty good at dialogue this movie not great this movie literally instead of dialogue in the film it just it's literally and now tracy morgan quotes movie lines well, yeah, and I think that's part of the problem is that the, the when I say the script sucked in this movie, I don't mean the plot, the plotting of the script. I mean the dialogue, and it it was not great. And I think that the the those guys tried to improv their way through it. Apparently, Bruce Willis could not keep up with Tracy Morgan. I guess that's one of the problems that Tracy Morgan would just do funny stuff. Bruce Willis would be like, "What am I supposed to do? This guy's this guy's out of his gourd." Bruce Willis is like, "I'm just here to say the lines. I'm not here to improv." Listen, I was on um, sitcom, but somebody was writing the stuff for me to say. So yeah, yeah, I just say the words. Like, what's what's this guy doing? Uh, and you know, I think probably the most telling quote that I heard or read was that at one point Willis was frustrated with Smith, and he said, "You know, I've been Bruce Willis for 25 fucking years. How long have you been Silent Bob, motherfucker?" Basically saying, like, don't tell me how to be me. I can be me. Like, yeah, you know, and it's like, okay, so there's obviously a problem there because Kevin Smith's trying to get something out of him. He's just like, dude, I, I just do me. Like, don't question it. It's just basically, I guess this, this movie's directionless. It's listless. It needed, and, and allegedly this script at one point in time was like on that blacklist of like the top screenplays, not in production. So people huh. thought this was a funny screenplay. I'm not buying it. But anyway. Well, so here, here's what I think is funny. You have two leads who are famous for playing themselves. And that can kind of work. It worked in Rush Hour, right? So, yeah, you know, it, it can't just be that. I, I, hell, it even worked in, you know, 48 hours. That's that's like this. Well, movie, that's yeah. This movie is very much like a, a throwback to the 1980s buddy cop comedy. But it was produced 30 years later. It's like, yeah, what, what are we doing here? And there's nothing unique about the script. Um, hey, Rotten Tomatoes has this thing at 19% with a user score at 39. Uh, 39% is a little users. high. Yeah. Um, this movie is pretty dumb and boring. Uh, I'm not really sure why. Uh, it's got a, a 39% from viewers. Um, and Metacritic has it a 31 with a user score of 5.0. And again, that too is way too generous. This is a bad movie. Uh, where you can find it, just like last week's Bruno Tastic Bomb, this movie is only available to rent for $3.99 on most of your standard streaming services. And why the hell is this crap not streamed for free somewhere? I mean, I have to assume it has something to do with Willis's contracts. Like, he probably wanted a huge cut of the streaming deals. Uh, I mean, it was like streaming even a thing in 2010. Let me... This is the worst money I have spent. I thought yeah. Die Hard was bad, but the $4 I had to spend to watch this film. Yeah, it's painful. 
I'm angry. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Netflix was a thing back then. So all right, fuck you, Bruno. Uh, and uh, anyway, yeah, we just went over the behind the scenes drama. And what really shocks me about all of that is that this was also Kevin Smith's first big studio movie. It was backed by uh, WB and not Miramax slash the Weinstein's. Why didn't yay. WB step in? Yeah, yay. Uh, I just, I'm surprised they didn't say like, Hey, wait guys, hold up this shit. You gotta do something, but whatever. Hey, <clears throat> we'll get on to the director and cast here. Uh, uh, as we've mentioned, we've got Kevin Clerk Smith as the director, and this was written by Mark and Rob Cohen. Uh, best known for the work on FX is lucky for which they were nominated for a primetime Emmy. So good for them. I guess those guys aren't bad, but this was bad. Listen, no one sets out to make a bad movie, but it does sometimes happen. I feel like this one was not great from the get go. And then there was nothing done to improve it. But anyway, and we've got starring uh, Bruce grumpy New York cop estranged from his wife, Willis as Jimmy big stretch for him. And we have Tracy. Could we not get Chris Rock or Chris Tucker for this? Morgan as Paul. We have Guillermo Diaz as Oh Boy. What's up, B? Uh, we have Sean William Scott as Dave. Welcome back to the pod. We have Rashida Stifler. Jones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rashida Jones as Debbie. Debbie Hodges, you common ill-favored macaque. Yeah. Right, anybody anybody a fan of Parks and Rec? We're going to do the, the, the opposite of Ann Perkins for, for Debbie Hodges. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anybody? Anybody? Well, Debbie Hodges, you ignoble buffoon. How did you take this job? Yeah. And we've also got uh, Francie Swift as Pam. That's Jimmy's wife. We have Adam Brody and Kevin Pollack as the rival detectives. Also, we have Jason Lee as the loaded stepfather. You mean professional skateboarder Jason Lee? That would be him. Welcome back to the pod, Brody. And Anna De La Guerra as Gabriella. Uh, you might recognize her from Army of the Dead. Oh, okay. yeah. See, yep. I, I thought she was, uh, they couldn't get Selma Hayek to come back after Dogma. So this was Kevin Smith going, I wrote a role for Selma Hayek. Uh, couldn't get her. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, no Weinstein's on this, so she should have been all all about it if they asked her. Oh, I imagine. Brother. Gross. Yeah. Okay. Um, so IMDb describes this movie as follows: Jimmy's rare baseball card is robbed. Period. Since it's his only hope to pay for his daughter's upcoming wedding, he recruits his cop partner Paul to track down the robber, a memorabilia obsessed gangster. Period. Um. Yeah, that works. I mean, so, and I like the fact that it ignores the first 15 minutes of the movie. Uh, that's an improvement. Captain Cash, what you got? Do you think, given who is the director here and what would have drawn him to this project, the concept of evil comic book nerd, except it's baseball memorabilia, right? Is that what did it? Because... I can't see another reason for Kevin Smith to be here other than I wanted to try a studio film. Well, I think that's part of it. I think what happened in this case, it's kind of a confluence of several events. One, it's WB saying, hey, Kevin Smith, Zach and Mary just made decent money. I, was, I enjoyed Zach and Mary. That's a fun movie. We should watch it that is. instead. Yeah, it, it was very commercial. I mean, it was it was still Kevin Smith dirty. 
but it was very slick. It starred Hollywood, you know, uh, oh, Seth uh, Rogen. actors. Seth, Seth Rogen, Rogen was the lead, and, and uh, Elizabeth and, Banks was the other yeah, lead. It was great, exactly. And and it was it just felt like a, a Hollywood movie. It it didn't feel like Clerks. It didn't feel like uh, Mall Rats or anything like that. Dog was also a really good movie too, which apparently is impossible to see now. So uh, yeah, I think the the big the big time was kind of like okay, we'll give this Kevin Smith guy a chance. Now he'd also been a writer. Let's let's also be clear here. You know, Kevin Smith is not just a director. He's also a writer. He's punched up scripts in the past. Yeah. He's ghostwritten some stuff. Um, so he's been involved in some more mainstream things. I think this was like his shot. And like, hey, we got Bruce Willis attached to this project. This, this script has been, you know, it's on the blacklist. It's people think it's going to be a hit. And he's like, all right, sure, I'll do it. Why not? You know, but it just he did not capitalize on it, uh, sadly. Anyway, so what's your one liner, though, Captain Cash? Oh, my one-liner for this film? Yeah. Another, 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 another. 48 hours. But significantly worse. Yeah, that's that, that, that works. I'll buy that. What do you got, Mr. Wizard? From the geniuses who brought you Who Dat Ninja, Fat Bitch, She's Off the Leash, and Sherlock Homie, we're excited to announce our next Tracy Morgan film, Black Cop, White Cop. One does the duty, the other gets the booty. Listeners, that's actually all from 30 Rock. They're all fake movies. This movie's just a big wet fart starring Bruce Willis. Uh, and yeah, I, uh, that's that's okay. this movie. Wet fart with a baseball card of a fake baseball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, he's not a fake baseball player. Is Tyler Pafko a real player? Uh, it's not Tyler. It's, it's Andy. And yeah, I think. Uh, Andy Pafko. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think they, they accurately describe it in the movie. It was the tops 1952 number one card in the series. He, he was an okay player. He wasn't great, but he was okay. But he's the number one card. He's the first uh, tops official baseball card. And, in any uh, event, I'll uh, post all those fake yeah. Tracy Jordan movie posters. My favorite being Fat Bitch. She's off the leash where he's a dog. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, so here's my one liner. It's very similar to yours, Captain Cash. A boring 48 hours. Oh. Yeah. I guess uh, Brooklyn Hills cop, please ooh. end this now. <sighs> Something like that. So let's get into the plot of this movie. Uh, and yeah, it's very centered on a baseball card. Uh, Jimmy and Paul are your standard mismatched buddy cops, a pair of NYPD detectives together for nine years. Jimmy, played by Willis, pretty much playing himself is divorced and looking for a way to pay for his only daughter's $48,000 dream wedding again, instead again, of her you said he's, stepfather. You said he's playing himself divorced, angry man <laughs> paying for his daughter's wedding. Yeah. 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 Try, and, and trying to out, out uh, do his uh, younger, better looking. Yes. Uh, younger, better looking. Can you uh, imagine rival, Ashton yeah. Kutcher giving away Bruce Willis's daughter at the wedding? No, I just, but I can see, I could see him having a guy put a gun to his back to keep him from doing it. That's true. Yeah. Wolf. Yeah. Uh, and we have Paul played by Morgan as the comic relief who suspects his wife is cheating on him. And if she's not, she should be as she's played by Rashida Jones. Debbie Hodges, you space infused blobfish. What are you doing? Yep. And Jimmy and Paul get involved in a drug slash gang turf war and are suspended for not playing by the rules. 
Wow. Okay. Very, very creative there. Uh, they're suspended for 30 days without pay. Oh, the horror uh, for their indiscretions, which forces Jimmy to sell his prized Andy Pafco baseball card worth an estimated $90,000. A handful of questions. Yeah. Hold up. Because, yeah. How much is the NYPD play, uh, paying back then, excuse me, if one month's salary is the difference between having $48,000 for the wedding or having to sell a baseball card for 90K? Uh, hold on. That is my, my question. Nailed yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. And my research says that an NYPD detective makes between 100K and 150K in 2021. So something does not add up with their math, because if one month is to make or break him, that means he's less than 10K off his goal. This movie is so dumb. Like, uh, that's your big hiccup with this movie. The math that they didn't do. They didn't do a whole. There's a whole lot of leaps in logic here. Tracy Morgan assaults a kid the, the first five minutes. So. He, it's, well, he, he, and he assaults another kid later. Um, this, the whole setup of the movie, though, is he needs that month's salary. I mean, his take-home pay can't be more than 10K. I, I, the, um, the, stu- so, the stupidest so, thing about all this is that the movie hinges on two cops being suspended for something that isn't even that bad. Like They got a guy not, killed. They didn't get that guy killed. He got himself killed. No, Tracy Morgan the, flaked out all, and got We all killed. know in cop movie lore, rules don't matter. So they're yeah. not getting suspended there. Riggs... I mean, look at all the crazy shit he did. He never got suspended. I feel like you can't use crazy logic from other stupid movies for this, but... But this is stealing from all those movies. Yes, yeah. it totally is. The music totally, even though it's composed by the same person, is just evoking Tango and Cash to an absurd degree. Yeah. And this movie is nowhere near as fun as Tango and Cash. Well, there's also no um, butt shots, unfortunately. <laughs> Pee-wee. Fortunately, yeah. If you want to see Bruce Willis's ass, you have to watch Twelve Funkies. Um. Anyway, yeah, this movie's pretty dumb. Uh, the card is stolen at the memorabilia shop before Jimmy can sell it, but he's able to track down the thief Dave thanks to his distinctive wiener dog tattoo. This leads Jimmy and Paul to Dave's buyer, local drug lord Poboy, and uh, Poboy makes a deal with Jimmy: find his missing Benz, and he'll trade the ball card for the car. I have a very serious question. Yes. Is the stunt double, the parkour stunt double for Sean William Scott, the worst, like the most glaringly obvious stunt double we've had? And that includes Black John Travolta in. Yeah, no. From Paris yeah, Face Off is way worse. Because this mean, was it's not bad. good. It's not good. Uh, this was bad. But yeah. Face Off is worse. They go out of their way of having them in masks. So it makes sense that his face is masked completely. So, I mean, yeah, I'm going to still give it to Face Off. Yeah, I think there's some pretty bad Bruce Willis. But there's like in this too. But there's real stunts in Face Off, and this is just a guy climbing some trees. Yeah, yeah and like jumping still. over some jumping over some roof stuff. It's uh, it's it, you know it's really interesting. Like I feel like they just had like an obligation to get parkour into the movie somehow. Like, hey, can you work the word parkour into this? Yeah, that'd be great. You know, uh, it was really I'll- popular like four to six years ago. That that James Bond where they did parkour. Let's just do that. You guys, it's a French word for getting around and over things. Also, uh, Captain Cash, I'd like to point out that this movie does give us Bruce Willis delivering the definitive pronunciation of Wikipedia. 
Thank you very much. Wikipedia. Bruce, Wikipedia. Yeah. Not Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Thank you, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, All right. So, yeah, the deal is uh, the car for the card. Um, There's a B plot involving two rival detectives played by Kevin Pollack and Adam O.C. Brody. And another B plot involving Paul suspecting his wife is cheating on him. Time out. Time out. Time out. What the fuck is the second detective plot about? It doesn't connect to any. There's no payoff. They literally should have been the dirty cops. It's the whole point, except they exonerate them in the end. It's like, oh, you guys are good guys because you saved Adam Brody and his cowboy boots, who, by the way, that should have been Jason Lee. Yeah, Jason Lee's criminally underused in this um, because I like that guy. He's funny. And and I can only imagine WB was like, hey, you got to get Adam Brody in this. He's a thing. Um, which honestly, he looks a lot like, uh, uh, what's the guy from the boys, which guy? Oh yeah. We, no, we, no Huey. for sure. He's yeah. definitely a, a, like a proto Jack Quaid, Jack Quaid. Yeah. Randy Quaid's kid. I'm like, uh, no, Dennis Quaid's good. Yeah. Um, Jack Dennis didn't Quaid's come from good. Randy. No, he came oh. from, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, God. Oh, when, I, when I'm watching this, I'm like, Oh shit. It's, it's the kid. It's the, it's the guy from, uh, the boys. Oh no, it's not. It's, it's the guy from the OC. Oh, whatever. Uh, okay, big yeah, question but, here. Better yeah. movie if Peter Gallagher is his partner. So then you have his dad from the OC. I'm all in. If they replaced uh, Pollock with Peter Gallagher, sure, sure, sure. Peter Gallagher's the man. Come on, dude. Where's the love? I mean, the guy that smashes watermelons. While you were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, not him. Oh, not the guy oh, okay. that does LSD and jumps on a giant bed, smashes. Who has a twin? So did you see Gallagher? Or did you see Gallagher, the brother? You'll never know. You'll never know, yeah. Uh, anyway, Jimmy and Paul stumble their way uh, through getting the car in several scenes, devoid of humor and perhaps the worst car chase I have ever seen. Uh, eventually, they discover there's a kidnapped woman in the trunk and a flash drive that has banking information from a murdered Mexican drug lord on it. Uh, hidden, this is what Hidden in her crucifix. Crucifix, her yeah. And this is what Po' Boy really wants. Um, the final showdown happens at Po' Boy's drug den. Uh, the action here is almost serviceable. Uh, po' Boy is killed. There's, is a lot of, there's a lot of gun, like toy gun noises happening. And nobody's using the type of guns you hear. It's, yeah. It's pretty wild. It's, for Kevin Smith, it's, it's decent. He, he, he tried. He tried? I'm just going to say, Anna, you deserve better. We all loved you in Army of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, before uh, Po' Boy is killed, uh, and sadly the Andy Pafco card is destroyed by one of Paul's shots. Uh, cue the sad trombone. Womp, womp, womp. So step Zaddy Roy pays for the wedding after all. Paul and Debbie address his jealousy issues, and um, the movie ends. And oh yeah, there is a mid-credit scene. Stifler oh. is not dead. Um, are we supposed to care? I don't know. Why was he unconscious for so long? Well, he <laughs> suffered some massive head trauma that that was probably actually fatal. Like he did smack his temple on concrete from Here's a decent my, height. You guys talked a lot about how this movie's a mess. The car chase is a mess, particularly. I mean, it's so slow looking, it's awful. And it's then the guy, so slow. Literally and there's gets, no other traffic. It's literally yeah. just two cars on an empty road. He gets shot out of the windshield and like slowly slides. And then there's this ridiculous noise as his head hits a tombstone. But the the camera work with Stifler's 
swan dive off of the tree is so god awful. It that could have been a very very funny scene. You have the stunt double. Give me some really good physical comedy. I don't know. The the whole movie's a mess. You know, it's funny because as I'm watching this, I can't help but think that when Kevin Smith pitched Mall Rats, he wanted he 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 made the joking comment, "Hey, it's Die Hard in a mall." So here he got a chance to shoot a Die Hard movie or Die Hard Light with Bruce Willis, and it, it it's just awful. Well, and and, and and like it, those car chase scenes are terrible, but the whole movie feels so small. Like, but he's it, not any, he's not an action director. So no, no, clearly not. He does not have an eye for. It. He doesn't know how to block the shots. Yeah, he's clueless when it comes to action, like big action or even just serviceable action. But my point is, the movie feels tiny. There's no like big sets. There's no extras. Like even even the street scenes, it's like they're sparsely populated. It feels like a TV show. Well, you, I think there's a lot of things going on. You totally undersold how big of a dick Bruce Willis was on this movie. From what I understood, he wouldn't stand in his lighting spots. He'd refuse Correct. to read lines. He'd often wander off in the middle of a scene and go to catering. He threatened yep. to beat the shit out of Kevin Smith. He didn't show up for like any of the promotional stuff. So all the posters yes. he's photoshopped in. Like Correct. This, he would he would not come in for photography for the poster. This yep. movie like nearly ended Kevin Smith's directing career, not only because it sucked, because he friggin' hated it so much. Like he was like, if Tracy Morgan wasn't there, I would have somebody might have found me dead. Yeah, he he literally said this was a soul-crushing experience, and Tracy Morgan's the only thing that helped him get through it. Yep. Which is sort of a a huge bummer. Maybe Kinda. the biggest bummer. Well, they say don't meet your heroes, but yeah, that would yeah. really suck. Because and that, it's, that's actually their peers, yep. really. They work in the same industry, they both had success. He should be treated with some modicum of respect, you would think. Yeah. Well, no, to your point, uh, that's one of uh, Kevin Smith's big takeaways from this is like, you know, he's like, I wish I hadn't met Bruce Willis because he was a hero. And now he I think he's a dick. So he basically said, I, I'm not going to meet any more of my heroes. <laughs> well, the story was, you know, they had shot Die Hard 4 together. They were in scenes and Bruce Willis mm-hmm. had no freaking clue who he was. Yeah. And so when he came to, like, say hello again, he started to make fun of him with everybody at the table. Like, what a mark. Like, oh, I yep. hate those kinds of fans. What a loser. <laughs> what? Yeah. Poor Kevin Smith. I'm sure yeah. this is a huge bummer for him. Uh, but apparently he was super stoned the whole time. So maybe that helped too. Like Wesley Snipes um, on Blade 3. <laughs> yeah. How How is that different than Kevin Ever, Smith yeah, like, on a normal day? Though? Well, so... here's the thing. According to Kevin Smith, he wasn't a big pot smoker until he shot Zach and Mary with Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen got him heavily into the into the marijuana. It's pretty, it's pretty clear you can't hang out with Seth Rogen and not get baked. Which, yeah. brief pause, I think we should meet Seth Rogen. He seems like a pretty all right dude. Yeah, yeah. He's out oh, yeah, there totally. making weed and vases right now. I mean, mm-hmm. as well as producing some of the finest stuff on Amazon Prime ever. Yeah, no, he, he seems like a, an all right dude. So, hey, let's get to our beer rankings on this movie. Um, I'll start with you, Captain Cash. What's your beer ranking for oh, fuck Cop this. Out? If, if, I could, if I could rank this six more painful beer, like <laughs> we had a rating more than six pain beers, this is it. I, 
I now like, and I will address it later in the pod, but this is my shit movie champion easily. And yep. that's not a comment on Kevin Smith. He seems like an all right dude, but this just didn't gel. Nope. Nope. This is like nailing jello to a wall. This movie never set up. Uh, yeah. Thunderous wizard beer ranking for you. Knock, knock. Nope. Uh, nah, not happened. Hell nah. Nope. Nope. Uh, uh-uh. nah. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Orange, you glad I recommended you drink five beers while watching this hunk of shit movie? <laughs> five? Jesus. Only five? Five? five. Uh, it, you it, mean five it, before we start it, and then five gets, during. It gets okay. discounted one because I really like all the improv scenes between Tracy Morgan and Stifler and Stifler and the guy in jail that talks about knitting sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, to your point, I will say that Sean William Scott and Tracy Morgan tried their hardest to make something funny out of this. That just, but it's not enough for me. Uh, I'm giving this a solid six pain beers. Uh, this movie is barely funny and often boring. And like I said, those guys do try their hardest to improv their way through it and fill the vacuum left by Willis's barely there presence and performance. But um, it's just not enough. The action's terrible. The movie feels longer than it is. And it's only like an hour and 40 minutes, basically. Um, again, you're going to need all the beers to get through this one. It's terrible. In fact, I would just recommend not watching. But uh, anyway, uh, all right. It's time for us to grab another summer ale from Brooklyn Brewing. And uh, we have some more thoughts to discuss about Cop Out. Before we do that, let's take a break and have a message from our pair of rival detectives slash podcasters, at the Hot Nation USA podcast. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hot Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back, folks, to our 121st episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by Wobam Entertainment. We're still talking about 2010's Cop Out, and I have the standard questions for you gentlemen. Let's start off with the first one. Are you surprised this movie flopped? Uh, No, not at all. This is a Saturday Night Live skit stretched out into nearly two hours. You can see like through the improv that scenes are basically written around Tracy Morgan just being a very funny person. The entire intro scene where he's just quoting different movies as he stumbles his way through interrogating this guy. The multiple scenes in the car with him and Bruce Willis where to your point, like Bruce Willis was so bad at improv. Like they had to reshoot stuff so many times because he just couldn't think on his feet. So he would just end up not saying anything. He had lines and he just didn't say them. Well, and that intro scene is probably the most Kevin Smith part of the movie because not only do you get Tracy Morgan quoting a bunch of cop movies and uh, gangster movies, but he also does star Wars and jaws. Which yeah, it's like Kevin a, it's, Smith trademarks. It's like very similar to some of his movies that it's like an unabashed like homage to much better movies. I just homage. Oh, yeah, what was the joke? Because there, there, there's an homage joke. Homage. He says homage. 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 It's so, French. 
Puerto Rican for penguin. Yeah, parkour. Uh, Parker. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Captain Cash, are you surprised this movie flopped? Am I surprised a film that has two leads that are absolutely terrible together with a script that was written 30 years before it was produced flopped? Yeah, I mean, it was Kevin Smith, so I was willing to try anything. But, yeah, no, no, fuck this movie. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the rumor was that this was going to be called like two, like a couple of cops. And the producer's like, well, that's so fucking dumb. That's such a cop out. I'm like, that's the title. No, that was Kevin <laughs> Smith. Yeah. That was Kevin well, Smith. So here, here's that'll, my that'll come up later. I, I've got a question about that. Uh, well, is the question, what was this movie originally titled? Mm hmm. Ah, oh, fuck. Because that at least had some, let's call it, Chutzpah, there was at least it's it's a more fitting title <laughs> yeah there was a, okay so we're gonna skip that question because what this was yeah. originally titled was two dicks that's that's okay that's kind of funny as a title spoiler uh yeah and to the point the couple of dicks wasn't gonna fly because they wanted this to be able to play on cable earlier than 9 p.m which was why they eventually i think they had to like retitle zach and mary make a porno today yeah, because Zach and Miri. Yeah, that wouldn't play on cable before a certain hour based on the title. Yeah, my, my question was simply, what does the title cop-out have to do with anything? Where is the cop-out in this film other than on the production side? Well, yeah, for sure. Bruce, I read your it, lines. No, I'm hungry. That's a cop-out. That probably happened think- a lot. I think it's heavily implied that part of the reason that Bruce Willis's marriage fell apart is he's actually in the closet and he could never emotionally connect with his wife. And, and so really this is hinting at the fact that Bruce Willis is struggling with his sexuality. That would have actually been an interesting movie. <laughs> That's not what we got. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Except that the wedding, he's like, ready to go to the back of your dad's van it's like what yeah no i i don't understand a lot of this movie. the ending of this movie make that end wedding scene is not a it's not like what was the point of that there's no there's no closure to it just like he, he let, let's just be clear he does not get his baseball card he does not get his month's salary that he needed to pay for the wedding because somehow one month was going to give him forty eight thousand dollars or something and you know at the wedding you know the guy the other guy pays for it and you know he tries to hit on his wife who tolerates it somehow her current husband is nowhere to be seen while he tries to flirt with her and then she threatens to cut his balls off and they had jason for six hours uh if you have as many collars as john but i mean jimmy what's his last name you get paid a lot more than your average detective monroe jimmy Monroe. yeah if you're yeah. like diffusing bombs in central park uh with some guy yeah. you just met you make a lot of money yeah f- fair enough yeah uh but just to close it out am i surprised this movie flop no uh the script's terrible willis is sleepwalking through most of it and apparently Kevin Smith was super stoned. Uh, again, thanks, Seth Rogen. Uh, it does feel like a bad TV episode stretched over an hour and a half. And it's just not enough material there to make anything work. And again, I am just shocked that the studio did not intervene 
And uh, as we've covered it, Smith called this experience uh, of working on the movie soul crushing. And that's exactly how it feels to watch it, too. Well, wait, wait a minute. WB is known for having a lot of patience and giving their directors a lot of rope. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Worked out great with uh, James Gunn. Yeah, I'm just being. Yeah. Answer. No, yeah, I know. No, I'm, so, I'm, I'm no. I'm right there with you, Thunder's Wizard. Like if, if all the things I would want to step into and say, "Hey, oh, oh, oh this is gonna fly. This is a movie," that I would have been like, "Wait a minute, you guys gonna do something here? This sucks." Think about a Kevin Smith sophomore outing, right? Mallrats. That's that's one, of, and we talked about this. That was one of those times where having the studio step in and go, "No, yeah, you got to get to the mall within like the first ten minutes," really worked. Yeah. And I mean, they had to do yeah. some bullshit to like spackle over some of the cracks. And you yeah. can still kind of notice it, but it's still uh, better. I, yeah. And I never noticed until I knew that it had been spackled over. And then, oh, okay. Okay. I uh, get why that's kind of funky, but well, I just thought it was yeah, weird but, line reading. Ex- exactly. And, and yeah. And like, I was really excited to see the extended cut of Mall Rats. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, no. I don't need that. <laughs> like, I didn't need that. That nope. I see why they did what but, they did. But the thing is, this wasn't his script. So like, no, I know, I, I know. Now I know. could he he have tightened it up? Like you said, sure. Yeah, it, it'll come but. up later. But I, I have some thoughts on that. Um, and I think this will be, will be universal. My next question is: Would you recommend the listener see this movie? And I think it's going to be a universal and resounding no. No, watch yeah, Thirty no, Rock. This movie. Yeah, watch Thirty but, Rock. That's the there, best Tracy Morgan content you're going to get. It's incredible. I love it. Literally nothing redeeming about this movie. No reason to see it. Not even once. Uh, did this movie achieve what it set out to do? I'll go first. No, this was Smith's first major studio picture. And he was super geeked out to work with Willis. And allegedly he took an 80% pay cut to direct this movie. And effectively he blew it. I mean, this movie pretty much killed his chances of directing for the big boys again. Um well, unless you count the Weinstein. So yeah, no, this, Ooh, no, this movie, it made a decent amount of money and it probably did. Okay. Uh, in terms of selling the TV rights and then home media, it probably came close to breaking even like in the absolute end. Um, Hey, they got my four bucks, you fuckers. But uh, yeah, no, and this movie really had no point. Like again, uh, the end, the end yeah. of the end of the movie, it's it, it just like, it just ends. It's like, and the movie ends because yeah. time passes. We don't need to <laughs> relitigate that, but of course it didn't do what it set out to. Like this wants to be like kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And it's not funny and it's not enjoyable. No. So Shane Black is six years before this makes kiss, kiss, which is incredible. And then a couple years after this, he makes the other guys or the nice which guys, is which is incredible. also incredible. Yeah. And uh, the other guys is a film that exists. That's just like this. That's way better than than this is. So yeah, no, yeah. I'd rather watch uh, one of those bad rock movies than this. Because at least uh, the depends rock on tried. <laughs> yeah, he does. He sells. He goes all in for the role. Yeah, he like sells out. the worst thing a movie can be for me is boring. Right, like if if yeah. people are actively attempting to do a thing even if they fail and fail spectacularly, and we have covered some of those <laughs> cats, I really feel like you can still have a good time. Yeah, no, I think one of the things that really stuck out to me in this movie, and this won't come up later, is the scenes where you have Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis 
spying on the house that's going to be robbed and they're they're on the beach and they're laying on their stomachs and they're they're basically doing surveillance and it's supposed to be like the buddy cop they're on a stakeout and they're going to have some quippy dialogue between the two of them and like it just it's not funny and they're there for like 10 minutes you get like 10 minutes yeah. at least it feels like 10 minutes are those two side by side nothing in the frame but they're two faces and it's just like pointless but at least in that scene he gets the assignment because uh jeff's wife from curb your enthusiasm shows up and she's got a huge gun they're like no no get out of here go wait at the neighbors well, and the, he falls uh, down the stairs but yeah, there's like that, scenes that's later before that yeah no, that no part but, that, that scene is funny when, when, the, he, when the housewife of the gun shows up that is funny. he understands the assignment there there's scenes in this movie where he clearly doesn't know what movie he's in like when yeah. he threatens the other two cops it's like this so, is way too serious for a movie that featured Tracy Morgan getting chased by a pit bull dressed as a cell phone. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out that you get uh, uh, the, the po' boy, the bad guy in the movie. Um, his like bad guy scenes also are like significantly darker than the tone of the rest of the movie. He's like a murderous bad guy. He's executing people. He's uh, torturing people in like a really fucked up way. And it's like, that doesn't really fit the tone of this movie at all. It's a, it's a goofy ass movie about cops and a baseball card. And we've got a guy hitting yeah, batting practice. Hitting into people. Batting practice. If you ever wondered what he did when he gave his huge send off at the fast food joint. This is, he, yeah. Yeah. This is him. He's, he uh, became ruthless. His, all his buddies went to jail for trying to rob a weed dispensary. Yep. Uh, after killing a horse and he turned to a life of real crime. So fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. Um, B. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it's just, this movie's just so bad in long stretches and there's just not enough to save it. And yeah, totally. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so I'll ask the question then, was there any part of this movie that you enjoyed Captain Cash? No, like it, Sean William Scott doesn't have anything to do. Like Sean William Scott requires a straight man to be fun with, and he doesn't get that here. Yeah, the straight even man when has he's... to like care and be interested. Yeah, and even when he's antagonizing uh, Tracy Morgan, it's, it's almost too much. It's too aggressive. Like I never liked Dave. Dave just always kind of sucked. He didn't but... seem like a real person. He just seemed like a random like line generator. Yeah, well, I mean, he was like, hey, what if Jackass was a person, but not Johnny Knoxville? Go. Yeah. Uh, all right, so what do you got, Thunder Wizard? Uh, any part of this movie that you enjoyed? Scene, well, act, whatever? Yeah, I already said, I liked everything with Stifler and Tracy Morgan improv and the jail thing. Yeah. But that was it. Like, yeah. Otherwise, it's pretty much devoid of humor. Like, Tracy Morgan is trying to carry the load. So hard. He's so hard. Really, and really hard. He's really trying, yeah. Uh, he really because is. Bruce Willis is not present. He's he's not there. Does not care at all. I find it interesting you brought up that scene with the, uh, the, the, the mother and the kid uh, when they're staking out this property. Uh, Sean William Scott's character is trying to rob it. And the, the mother and son come home and they have to stop them from going into the house with the robber in there. But she pulls out a large handgun from her purse and goes in anyway. Um, apparently that day of shooting, Bruce Willis was having a good day and he had high energy 
and Kevin Smith was like, okay, this is awesome. Like Bruce did two takes because he, he busts in and pretends to be the cop where, or no, sorry, that's where Bruce was person. And uh, he pretends to be a kidnapper slash crook and Tracy Morgan comes in and pretends to be the cop. So apparently Bruce Willis was all about that scene and he was fully into it. And he did one take on the third take where he busts in and says, I'm, I'm officer John McClain. And Kevin Smith geeked out because he thought like he could use that in the movie and then turn this into Die Hard Five. <laughs> He's kidding, obviously, but yeah, apparently that was one of the good days of shooting. I mean, um, honestly, Brooklyn cop, kind of a fuck up. His daughter is old enough to be married off. His wife, who he's just whose wife, whose wife is way out of his league and has, sick of his shit. Yeah, and has married someone way better. This could have been like Die Hard. Uh, wait, we yeah. What? Okay, okay. Here's the real question: This as a Die Hard film or Die Hard from Russia with Love? Uh, I'll take Jai Courtney over this anytime. I would take really? neither, if possible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah. The, the, yeah. the only wait, real option, that's an option is can I gouge my eyes out with fucking yeah. sports? No, the action, the action is, is way more interesting and, and die hard, uh, a good day to die hard. Um, at least that was like interesting to look at. Yeah. Uh, there's fair. nothing interesting to look at in this movie. And uh, there was one scene that I actually enjoyed thoroughly. And I was like, okay, this movie has potential. And that was the scene between Willis and Jason Lee at the beginning at the restaurant. And they, they go back and forth. They kind of threaten each other. I like that. I think, oh, this is this, okay. Okay. Not because I thought there's going to be more of that. I thought Jason Lee was going to have a bigger part in the movie. But honestly, that scene completely dies for me when Lee tells Willis to kill himself. I didn't like the whole scene. So it, it didn't even come down to that. I thought it was really stupid when he's like, but the worst kind of person is the person who is generous and would offer to pay for something they know you can't afford. I'm like, no, I think there's worse people than that, buddy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry. I, mean, I, 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 I liked it. I liked the little rivalry there. I thought that was going to be a bigger part of the movie, but it gets really dark because then he's like, yeah, and you should probably just kill yourself. Fuck up. I'm like, Whoa, what kind of movie is this? Holy shit. Um, yeah. And it doesn't fit Jason Lee at all. Like that's why no. he shouldn't Pollock. No, or yeah, Adam Brody, not Pollock. Adam Brody, yeah. have Cal- if you can have Kevin Pollock, you have have Kevin, Kevin Pollock. Yeah, yeah, no, he's criminally underused in this movie. I-, I love Jason Lee. I said it before, I'm gonna say it again. What is the it's not even like a C plot, it's like a D plot. Oh, and these are two other antagonistic detectives, anyway. Well, you, well, you know, actually, I take it back. Probably the funniest scene in the movie is when they do that little telephone gag when those guys come over to bust their balls and Tracy Morgan calls Bruce Willis's cell phone and they sit there and they talk in front of them and they exchange like insults, like, like they're not there. Remember that scene at the cop station? Yes. Yeah, yes. I really, really see <laughs> Yeah. That, 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 that all, again, that almost worked. It was like, Oh, that's almost funny. It's almost funny. There's a couple scenes that almost work, but almost, if we, you know, if you get to the, how you can fix this, like, the movie's, not question. Ca- the movie's not casted well. Like, so hey, they don't work they, together. Yeah, Thunderous Wizard, let's go right there. You yeah. know, uh, where did this go wrong and or how would you improve the movie? It's the leads. The leads have to have chemistry. And by the way, from what I understand, they this was supposed, supposed to be maybe Wahlberg and 
Will Ferrell, which obviously we saw worked uh, in the other guys. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and there's, I think there were numerous other actors that but were considered for this. I would not. Tracy Morgan's fine. Yeah. I, well, no, I don't think he's great in this movie, but he has no one to play off. Well, but it, well, you don't, why do you typecast Bruce Willis and put him in a role he's played his entire career? He's always way too self-serious and he doesn't have very good comedic timing for the most and he part. Doesn't, and he so, doesn't have much to do in this movie. They don't really give him anything to do. He just he just like wants a baseball card. That's like so, that's his old. Be so the straight you, man, Bruce yeah, Willis. Say Go. you replace him with the aforementioned Rock, and the movie's way better. Yeah. No. And this and to your point, Thunderous Wizard. This is one of those movies. The script had been around forever. There had been numerous actors attached to it throughout the years. This is one of those like buddy cop things. Like hey, any two people you could pair together, they were trying to get for this for years and years and years and. And, and in 2010, the stars aligned, and we got Bruce Willis, Tracy Morgan. Um, yeah, the, my only problem with this is that you know Tracy Morgan tries to carry the movie in several scenes, and to his credit, he's trying really hard to keep this thing from dying. But the problem with him is much like Adam Sandler in some of his earlier movies, he's really only got one like bit. Like he's just, and I'm Tracy Morgan that's the joke that's it there's nothing more to it he can't add anything to it he just does his own thing and it's really tough to stretch that out over an entire movie uh, you know it works in an snl skit not for a whole movie um but here quickly i'll jump in um and i'll take a note from the imdb one-liner i would drop that opening scene where they're interrogating the guy and just start the movie with willis at the memorabilia shop selling the card like he could explain to the guy why he's selling the card and say, like, hey, I'm trying to pay for this wedding for my daughter. And then he gets robbed and the movie takes off. That gives the movie a much stronger narrative punch. If it just starts with a cop down on his luck, I've got to sell this card to pay for my daughter's wedding. And then he gets robbed. And then the whole movie develops from there. They get tangled up into a gang war and the kidnapping, blah, blah, blah. That to me makes more sense than what they tried to do with the script and the plot. They made it oh, too complicated. To your point, if there were studio notes, they would have been, it has to be funnier right away. And that's why a scene like that would exist. Yeah. Um, and yeah. To your point, yeah. I mean, they needed uh, somebody, a comedy writer to punch up this script, whether it's Kevin Smith or somebody else. Um, and and the, imp the improv in the movie is definitely the highlight, but it's just not enough to save it. So anyway, what are your thoughts, Captain Cash? I agree that jumping right into it is better only because the first 10 minutes of this film are so painfully unfunny. It's forced. And, so forced. Yeah, and, and there's this weird thing throughout the entire movie where, you know, they comment, oh, Tracy Morgan's not a good enough actor. And that's what uh, a, a buddy, that's what the buddy cops need to be. Like one's the good cop, one's the bad cop. They both have to be actors doing lines. It, it doesn't never pay off. gels. There's no it, like it doesn't connect to any kind of theme no. in the film. Well, here, here's the, here's the thing about that first scene that really sticks out to me is that Tracy Morgan gives Bruce Willis that anniversary card because they've been partners for nine years, and it's it's a, is that a joke? Is that a setup? Is there a punchline? He, he gives Bruce Willis the card. The card's like. For a, a marriage anniversary, it says yeah. sweetheart, and it's, cr it's crossed out and it says Jimmy. And Bruce Willis is just like, oh, shucks. I'm like, 
is there, do we care that they've been together nine years? Does that come up again? Is, is that, is that, there's any callbacks to that? No, it's just a, it's just a weird scene that just does nothing. It's not a setup. It's not a punchline. It's just there. And Bruce Willis and is kind of a, like oh, it's a Bruce Willis's character, Jimmy, yeah. is kind of a huge dick about it. Well, I'm sure, I think, I think, yeah, Bruce Willis just works. I mean, character. Yeah, yeah that's I, fair. I, I, and, and, but and yeah. I'm like, what? But, I don't that, like that, Jimmy now. And also. But you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like Jimmy. And now Tracy Morgan's character Maybe I don't like him because he can't fucking read the room. It's just like, is this a setup for something? Is this going to come up later? And it's not. No, 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 nothing. The joke hinges on this. If Tracy Morgan's character, Paul, overacts, starts pulling lines from all these different movies, is really terrible at it, like, that's that's that. But then Paul, then then Jimmy has to be also not very self-aware and his acting is like, like maybe it's Shakespearean or something else totally ridiculous. So neither of them get that they're terrible at this. Because when Jimmy does the thing where he's robbing the house, he's also behaving like a moron. So he's also not good at it, but the joke doesn't really work. Yeah. But I think it would have been funnier if that had been an ongoing gag in the movie. If, if uh, Paul, Tracy Morgan's character, had continued to quote movies throughout the film if he'd just gone through like, 48 hours uh beverly hills cop in every diehard police in every scene yeah exactly he, if he was constantly quoting films and bruce willis was rolling his eyes at him that would have been a, that would have been a gag that would have been a bit that would have worked but it's not you just it's just that opening scene just sets up a bunch of stuff that doesn't come back again well, all right, listener, we need to take a break and freshen up our brews before we take on the competitive portion of the pod. Up next is the Andy Pathco Trivia Challenge. In the meantime, here's a message from our Wobomb Entertainment tag team partners over at the Double Turn Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. It's now time for the Andy Pathco Trivia Challenge. And just real quickly here, because this came up at the front end of the pod, Thunderous Wizard was asking about that Andy Pathco baseball card. Here's the deal. They kind of mentioned it in the movie. A lot of kids used to put rubber bands around their baseball cards, okay? And if you had a collection of these tops 1952 baseball cards, the first card in the series was Andy Pathco. He was card number one. So that'd be the top of the pile. So most of those cards got the rubber bands wrapped around it and had the direct pressure of the rubber bands on it. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that he was a good player and that that made that card valuable. It was the fact that so many of them got damaged because it was the first card and it was always on the top of the stack. So to find a mint condition, well-centered Andy Pafco, it was very rare. So the movie's accurate. One of these cards did sell for upwards of $80,000 at some point in the, the mid-aughts. 
So yeah, that that is factually huh. correct. Yeah. So they so they did their research on Andy they, Pafko, but not on did. police salaries in Brooklyn. Yeah, because that math does fucking not... baseball card. That kind of tracks, though, doesn't it? Yeah, sort of. I mean, oh, Kevin that's, Smith. If that's Kevin Smith is you, probably I, at this point in Kevin yeah. Smith's career, they're probably like, how much does a banana cost? Ten dollars? I don't know. No, so, no. Yeah, I'm talking like if that surprised you that they did research on a base, like if a baseball card's worth that much. I just listened to a podcast with a card collecting guy. It was Bill Simmons, and you wouldn't friggin' believe what some cards go for. Oh yeah, it's the you know some are up in the millions. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's like it, comics, you know, but it's still crazy to me. It, it it is nuts. It's not. It's nostalgia to the nth degree. But hey, let's get out of this trivia challenge here, um, and. Of course, you guys are playing for uh, Jimmy's badge. Which badge? Jimmy's badge. Uh, the one that's confiscated at the beginning of the movie, but he seemingly oh, nice. does. He, he seemingly has it after that point as well. It's I'm so and confused about they, that. They, they give have up their, their guns and their badges. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'm, I want to play for the cowboy boots. Oh, <laughs> you want to play for the cowboy boots? Yeah. Okay. I'm well, only going to be serious if I get the cowboy wait, boots. Uh, Pollux or uh, Brody's? Brody's okay. Barely broken the, in the, the zebras, you know, the yeah. zebra print ones. Okay. We seem like we'd be similar sizes. I'm just saying this would probably wear you. And tonight's chime in is, Oh shit. He's taking a shit in the house or any of the pod standards. So let's get to question. Number one cop out is Kevin Smith's top grossing movie. According to the worldwide box office total. What is his number two? Is it a, Clerks 2, B, Dogma, C, Zack and Mary make a porno, or D, Jay and Silent Bob strike back? Farts and Tarts. That would be the Thunderous Wizard. Clerks 2. That is incorrect. Captain Cash, can you steal? This is dicey, because, and I thought about this, you, you kind of have to factor in the timing, right? Mm, yeah, Dogma, I mean... Dogma was was pretty popular, but Dogma was like ninety eight. Yeah, ninety nine, ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. Zach and Miri was like two thousand and seven or eight. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And that's the movie before this one. I what, what was my what was the third option? Uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, and that was oh four. That's the one with uh, Mark Hamill and Will. Ferrell. Yeah, right. And Suzanne. The orangutan. Ooh, oh, Suzanne. I, in my heart, I want to say Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but I'm gonna play the inflation game and say Zach and Mary. Okay, well, the, the, yeah. So these are uh, inflation is not factored in, just for the record. Oh, sure. um, but you are correct. It is C. Zach and Mary make a porno at forty-two point eight million. Which again. Great film, filmed in Pittsburgh, set in Pittsburgh. Great yep. film. Yep. And 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 honestly, I, I it's got some Kevin Smith elements to it, but that did not feel like a Kevin Smith movie. That was, I can see why WB was like, okay, we can give this guy a cop out because Zach Murray was a pretty good film and outstanding cast. All right. Well, that's one point for Captain Cash, and we now come to question number two. Cop Out was not the original title for the film. Sadly, we've covered this in the pod already, but hey, let's go with it. What was the original title? Was it A, Cop Suckers, B, 
a couple of cops, C, good cop, bad cop, or D, a couple of dicks. I'm going to shoot. That is Captain Cash. Couple of dicks. The, the, this is what it was going to be. And that would have uh, been way better. Yeah. And cop suckers was actually considered at one point. But yeah, I think as it got mentioned earlier, the studio was like, that's too vulgar. Uh, we got to change it to something else. And Kevin Smith said, well, that's a cop out. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's the title right there. Incorrect. It was Ugh. black cop, white cop. Yeah. One does the duty. The other gets the booty. It still works, though. That, that would have worked for this movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's two points for Captain Cash. You were firmly in the lead as we head into question number three. The Thunder Wizard still has a chance to pull this out. Jimmy's 1952 Tops number one Andy Pafko baseball card is a valuable collectible, and one did sell for over $80,000. It was a gem mint 10, uh, as stated in the movie. Uh, how much would that card be worth today? Would it be A, $83,970, B, $100,000, C, $150,000, or D, $250,000? Farts and turds. That would be the Thunderous Wizard. $250,000. Mm, I'm sorry, but that is incorrect, Captain Cash. Can you steal for the win? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to A, because who gives a fuck about baseball cards? You'd be surprised, as I told you. Many yeah, so, do. yeah, so A was... $83,970. And that's roughly what the one in the movie sold for or one that yeah. they referred to in the movie. Uh, no, today it would be worth in excess of $150,000 uh, because that's what you would get for a mint nine rated card. Uh, you would get even more for a gem mint 10, which is what Bruce Willis refers to. But again, this card being so old, apparently at this point in time, there are no, gem mint tens currently in circulation so the best you could do is a mint nine well, there you go and, and so fun fact here i want to tell this story because this is pretty crazy the card they refer to in the movie that got sold for like 80 something thousand dollars this guy bought he paid like he paid like hundreds or thousands of dollars for an unopened pack of 1952 baseball cards and only five cards came in these packs so he had a calculated risk do I save this unopened pack, which has value as a collector's item itself, or do I open it and hope I find something more valuable inside? So he rolled the dice and he opened it. And sure enough, the third card in the pack was, wow. in fact, a number one Andy Pafko card. That's like that's and like that's getting what, the potato chip shaped like Jesus. That's Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and that's why that was a gym mint 10, because it was the middle of the pack. It, it was protected on both sides. And he pulls it out. It was like, boom. And it's like it's like a unicorn. Like now, we'll never find that. Now again. here's a question: Was there bubble gum in that pack? Because often I'll get old packs of baseball cards. If you if you order a homage T-shirt, they send you an old pack of yes. baseball cards. Yes, they do, and they yes, always they still have the gum in them. And it's like holy shit! Like I wonder do how you, many people eat this gum. <laughs> I, I wait. I, I I chewed the gum. You don't chew I the mean, gum. I chew the gum. The, no. You don't eat the gum, but you chew it at least. You get yeah, a couple of yeah, gum, I, and I'm like, all right, fine. I, I chew the vintage gum. Yeah, the it's it's gum, gross, but gum I do from it. baseball cards was always old and hard, no matter that the yes, year didn't matter yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it was it was old 
when it was new. All right. Well, uh, I guess we can still have a tie here because we're heading into question number four with a score two to zero. Captain Cash has the lead. And for question number four, Bruce Willis and Kevin Pollock have appeared together four times, including Cop Out. Which movie did they not appear in together? Did not appear in together. A, The Last Boy Scout. B, The Whole Nine Yards. C, The Whole Ten Yards. Or D, Hostage. Uh, farts and Tarts. It's, it's The Last Boy Scout. That is correct, T-Dubs. Way to go. Okay. I know my, I know my Kevin here. Pollock. Uh, yeah, I, apparently you do. So, okay, that's a one point for the Thunderous Wizard. The score is now one to two. As we head into question number five, there's a chance for a tie here, folks. Let's see what happens. Uh, Guillermo Diaz wasn't the only half-baked alumnus to appear in this movie. B, Tracy Morgan also has a small role in the film. What was his character's name? Was it A, Bodega Man, B, VJ, C, Homeless Guy, or D, Bruno? Parson Tart's Homeless Guy. That is incorrect, Thunderous Shit. Wizard. I am sorry. It's not Bodega Man, is it? I, I, I only I, ask I, that because the, the heavier set gangster is the Bodega cashier from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh hey this goes to you captain cash your remaining answers are a bodega man b vj or d bruno i i want to select bruno simply for the symmetry of it like how, how beautiful would it be that one of tracy morgan's earlier roles was bruno uh bruno that being a famous Bruce Willis nickname. I don't think it's VJ. Give me Bruno. I'm sorry. Bruno is incorrect. It was VJ. He was the VJ who introduces the rapper, whatever his name is in the movie. Son of a bitch. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, it doesn't matter. You still win, Captain Cass. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, the badge is yours. I'm sorry about the boots, uh, T-Dubs, but uh, better luck next time. And uh, yeah, all right. Well, that brings an end to the Andy Pafko Trivia Challenge. Congratulations to Captain Cash. And that brings us to recommendations. Um, I won't go first this time. I'm going to kick it over to you, Thunderous Wizard. What do you have for the listener this week? My recommendation for this week is Val, the documentary that's available on Amazon Prime. It's about Val Kilmer. He documented basically his entire career with home video. It's a very intimate portrait of, of him and his career and his health struggles at this point. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, I recommended his biography or autobiography months ago on this pod. I love Val Kilmer. Always have. Always will. Uh, so I, I think you'll really get a lot out of it. Um, there's some it's a great solid behind watch. the scenes stuff and it's, it's equal parts heartbreaking, but also inspiring. And, you know, like obviously he's a shell of himself physically, but he has such a like love for life and art and obviously his family still, I thought it was a really beautiful movie. I loved it. I was like engrossed by it. Yeah. I, I can't recommend highly enough. So that's my recommendation. 
no, it, it's a it's a solid watch. I, I watched it on your recommendation, T Dubs, and yeah, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Solid recommendation. Uh, what do you got, Captain Cash? So, I don't know if I've talked about it on the pod before, and if I have, stop me. But Ducktales. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Werewolves Within. Werewolves. So, of is London. that a, wait? Is that an episode of The Expanse? Or nope, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's called Werewolves Within. It's, I th- I think it was finance, and I'm trying to remember. It was a video game company that financed it, uh, but it was I think it was Ubisoft. Now, let me just double check. But it it's a it, it came out this year. It's this kind of like horror comedy where if you've ever played the the game Werewolf, right? Somebody's lying about who the werewolf is, and people are dying oh, within a small yeah, town. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 basically uh, among us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's it's headed up by, uh, and I'm gonna mess up her name. Is it Milana Vanatrub, the uh, the AT and T girl? Oh, Xenia uh, Zonatop. That's the no she's a, squirrel that's girl. The, that's squirrel the girl. Chick. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Xenia Anatop is is yeah. Jean Grey. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> But she's she's in a ton of different stuff as the Mika the, Famine. The cor- what? The uh, Mika J- Jensen. What's her name? The Famke Jensen. Famke Jensen. But focusing yeah, in. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Werewolves squirrel, Within squirrel. stars Milana Vantrub, uh and Sam Richardson, and there's also like a handful of like character actors you've seen somewhere before. Uh, I think probably most notably Harvey Gullian, who's uh, or Julian, who's in uh, What We Do in the Shadows, but it's it's really good. It's funny. It I think I rented it for four bucks. This is four dollars that I would spend again. I would like to watch that movie again. It's it's fun. Hmm. I've heard good watch things. that instead of this. I've heard don't, yeah, don't I've, fucking watch Cop. I've out. heard good things. I've heard good things. Yeah, it, it's yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. Well, my recommendation this week is a bit of a cop-out. hey uh, I'm going to recommend that you do whatever you have to do to see Dogma. Uh, because in my opinion, that is Kevin Smith's best movie. And it is fucking fantastic. Watch Dogma. It's got George Carlin in it. That's it. Listen, uh, Cardinal Glick, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck is dating J Lo again, so if that can come back around, I'm sure Dogma is getting like a 4K release any day now. So you know what? Hey, I'm just gonna say it. Harvey Weinstein probably needs the money. So Ugh. I don't want to. Yeah, but give do him I want to give Harvey Weinstein the money? Probably yeah. not. Maybe so so that's that, that's <laughs> the problem. He dies and somebody buys his assets and then uh, give yeah, them uh, the yeah, money. Yeah, fair enough, but it, that's the problem with that movie. Apparently. The, the company, not Harvey, but his brother, Bob, those two, they own the rights for that exclusively. And that's why it's it's not streaming. It's out of print. So pirate it. I don't care. By hook or by crook. Watch Dogma. Great movie. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, listeners, on this episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. Coming up next, we've got our third installment in our Bruno Flop series. And we'll be talking about, uh, I don't know, what, what movie? Is it going to be Hudson Hawk? I believe yes. it is Hudson Hawk. Woo! Uh, Danny Aiello yeah. for the win. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome, Captain Cash. So 
Hopefully side that'll be side by side. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be a more enjoyable experience for everyone, us included. And remember, folks, don't watch Cop Out not even once. Cop Out not even once. Yeah. That's the tagline, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs>